Hit it. Blog Talk Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. Well, gracias. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. The show starts now. Hey, welcome everybody to the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. This is episode 73. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. And this episode is brought to you by That Pond Place. That Pond Place is a new destination location for Koi Pond, Water Garden, and Pond Keeping Supplies based in Stewartsville, New Jersey. It's located on Route 57, 2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey, that pond place for all your Koi Pond, Water Garden, and Pond Keeping Supplies, colorful fish, amazing aquatic plants, and every type of supply you need, and a great atmosphere to boot. Come check out that pond place in beautiful highlands of New Jersey, 2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey, 908-329-6176, that Palm Place, also on Facebook. So welcome to the Koi Palm Water Garden Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things aquatic for the aquatically obsessed. And the focus in this particular podcast is, as the name suggests, koi ponds, water gardens, and water features. Koi pond, pond keeping, generally, is a pretty broad topic, right? A podcast is very helpful in discussing those topics. There's so much to say about fish, plants, pond design, water feature design, equipment, and the numerous ways to enjoy the hobby and lifestyle of pond keeping. If you're checking out this podcast, I'm going to guess that you have a pond in your life somewhere, somehow. Cast is where the pond geeks gather like a bug to light. And I don't just host this show. I mean, it's a dream job, yes, but I'm an actual pond keeper too, believe it or not. I've been keeping a pond personally for a bit over 20 years now. I'm on my fourth pond, actually. Uh, I've moved a couple times over those years. And I always build a new pond and bring my fish with me. Some of my fish are well into their 20s. And uh, I have several teenagers too. So wherever I go, I build a pond and I enjoy the fish and plants, the waterfall, all the sights and sound. Um, I think you can relate. Yes. Those fish, plants, sights, sounds are typically the subject matter of this podcast in one form or another. But in this podcast, the focus is going to be outside the pond as well as inside. What I've noticed with all my personal ponds and all the ponds that I design, install, and provide services for, um, by the way, I'm the owner of Full Service Aquatics. I'm a full-time pond professional. Uh, Full Service Aquatics is a pond services company based out of Stewartsville, New Jersey. And uh, my company provides koi pond, water garden, water feature design, installation, services um, for the state of New Jersey and elsewhere. If we, you know, people want to talk about projects, we go just about anywhere 
um, for projects. But we're based in New Jersey, and uh, Full Service Aquatics creates amazing aquatic displays. We take on projects, um, like I said, anywhere, so don't hesitate to reach out. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com. My phone number, 908-277-6000. So it's not just my personal ponds, but also the hundreds of ponds <clears throat> excuse me, and water features that uh, Full Service Aquatics has installed. Um, I've always noticed something very interesting that occurs. Once a pond goes in, the obvious fish and plants take all sorts of attention in the pond, but just outside the pond, the environment starts changing. In this podcast, I want to talk about those changes that occur when a pond has been introduced into an environment. If you're into conservation, if you're into preservation, protection, restoration, of the natural environment and wildlife, you'll find this pretty interesting, I think, I hope. And I don't care if it's a, a simple backyard pond or if you've created a stunning visual aquatic work of art. Once you get past the realm of the actual water features, the, the impact on the greater surrounding natural environment will be noticeable, especially if you know what to look for. Conservation uh, and the practice of pond building go hand in hand. And I'm going to create kind of a little micro series of podcasts, uh, conservation based. Um, these podcasts, uh, I'll do a specific focus on a particular species or group of species and, and we'll explore the conservation based impact that a pond can contribute. So, um, in this pod, in this podcast right now, we're going to do more of a bird's eye view, a broad overview of ponds and conservation. Because conservation is, itself as a concept is a big banana. Under the umbrella of the term conservation, there are many types of conservation. Our conservation is pointed at the um, ecological aspect of conservation. By definition, Conservation is the protection, preservation, management, or restoration of wildlife and natural resources, such as forests and water. Through the conservation of biodiversity, the survival of many species and habitats which are threatened due to human activities can be ensured. Um, other reasons for conserving biodiversity include securing valuable natural resources for future generations and protecting the well-being of ecosystem functions. And conservation can broadly be categorized into two types. So, you know, we know there's different types, but if you want to go broad, there's two types of conservation. There's what's called in situ conservation, and then there's ex situ conservation. And in situ deals with uh, naturally occurring habitats, species, ecosystems, and those elements of biodiversity. Ex situ more deals with the conservation of elements of biodiversity out of the context of their natural habitats, right? So you think about like zoos, botanical gardens, arboretums, like these type of conservation efforts would be considered ex situ. I think this is where ponds come into play. As far as I can determine, they would live in the koi pond water garden with, 
would live in the ex situ category. We're adding ponds into the environment where there was not one. These are not naturally occurring bodies of water, obviously, yet they will function in very much the same way as a naturally occurring pond. So our constructed backyard koi ponds and water gardens are an ex situ approach to conservation. If you build it, they will come. If you build a pond, many different species will start to show up. There's many ways to construct ponds as well. I, I think just about every approach to building a pond will add a touch of conservation to the locale that it's installed into. There are prefabricated ponds, like, like the ones you see at box stores. There are mud bottom ponds, naturally occurring ponds. There's concrete, shotcrete, fiberglass ponds, liner ponds, ecosystem ponds, wildlife ponds, um, and various configurations that are used in the DIY realm. And of course, the fusion of different approaches. When I'm building ponds for clients, the majority of the ponds I design almost exclusively will be ecosystem ponds. Really, for the sake of this topic, this podcast, when I'm talking about ponds, especially from a conservation point of view, I'm really talking about ecosystem ponds. That approach is going to be the focus. And what is an ecosystem pond, if you're not familiar with them? Um, the components of an ecosystem pond, it, it's a methodology of building, right? There's many ways to build ponds. Ecosystem is a, a school of thought. It's a method of building ponds to get specific results based on how you're building it. The components of an ecosystem pond are pretty straightforward. Uh, the mechanical components. You have a, a pump system for circulation. You have a skimmer box, a biofilter, a biomechanical filter. And that is kind of the basic setup. Exactly how you approach equipping and accessorizing pond can vary, but that is the, the must-have equipment type of setup, I would say. I use the professional-grade kits that have everything, including the pond liner and plumbing when I install ecosystem ponds. You have a pump. Um, I use submersible below-water pumps to circulate the pond. You have a skimmer. The skimmer, like in a swimming pool, it draws the water in. It's constantly cleaning the surface of the pond, bringing with it floating debris like leaves and what have you. Um, in skimming the surface of the pond, it's also oxygenating the pond a lot. And the skimmer also acts as the pump housing. So it's a great way to keep equipment out of the way. Um, and then you have a biomechanical filter as well. These are the kidneys of the system, if I have my anatomy right, which I know I don't. The uh, biofilter captures the fine debris from the water, which polishes the water, and it also purifies the water at the microbial level. It neutralizes impurities such as ammonia, nitrite. The, the skimmer is the lungs. The pump is the heart. Biofilters is the kidneys. Skimmer's lung pumps the heart. Sounds about right. All those components function together, adding up to a pretty powerful effect on water quality and clarity. There's a few manufacturers out there. Um, pond contractors like myself all have their favorites. Um, I use Aquascape for what we build. If you, have, if you want a recommendation on equipment, um, you can contact me. I'm familiar with you know, pretty much all the, the different brands out there, and there's some good stuff out there. 
So, um, but does the professional equipment make it an ecosystem? Not necessary. There, there's a lot more to it than that. Here's where things come alive. When we build ponds, uh, full service aquatics, that is, we use natural rock around and within the pond. We also use gravel as a substrate in the pond. That bed of gravel becomes biologically active and is another powerhouse filtration element. We use aquatic plants to further purify and naturalize the pond, add more habitat as well. When all of those elements start working together, they become habitat, habitat for fish, of course. Amphibians also, like frogs and toads, whose habitats are disappearing at an alarming rate, but also salamanders, newts, crustaceans, mollusks, um, snails, little shrimp, all sorts of, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. These things just naturally um, come to to live in your pond. <laughs> um, so bear with me. I'm going to find I, – I was I, reading from a little thing here, and I just lost my spot. So anyway, like we said, there's, there's all this stuff that goes. There's snails, shrimp. You can do – Crayfish will show up, mussels, clams, birds. There's many, many birds. Hummingbirds to herons. Songbirds, waterfowl, birds of prey. I get turkeys at my pond. Birds love water. If you're the birding type, build a pond, you will see the results. You may never buy a bird feeder again. Um, I remember building a pond for a client probably like 10 years ago. The pond was 45 feet long, 20 feet across with a big waterfall coming into it. And when the pond was finally full and ready for that very first startup, we had the client come out so they could plug the pump in, start the system up. And like clockwork, as soon as the waterfall started running, at that very moment, a pair of ducks dropped down right into the pond. Like someone was off to the side and released them. It was hilarious. The pond was running for like 10 seconds and ducks were, ducks were already bobbing around in it. Uh, I'll never forget that. It made everybody so happy. It was, it was a great way to start someone along into pond keeping. So, yeah, um, birds will love it. I got a few bird stories. I got bird stories for you, Barty. Um, reptiles, like turtles, lizards, depending on where you live, snakes. Not many snakes. Don't worry. But there's a chance of that. Backyard critters like squirrels, rabbits, skunks. Chipmunk, woodland critters like deer, fox, even bear in some areas. I just had a huge bear come through my property. Big, big guy. Bats and other critical species. Bats use my pond. I have, um, I'm in New Jersey. I'm in the Northeast. I have, uh, I believe they are brown bats that are coming, coming over and using my bees. Also, habitat disappearing. You know, it's terrible. Bees will use your pond. Honeybees. Um, butterflies, dragonflies, crickets, grasshoppers, beetles, we could go on and on. You know, those are just the obvious ones. There's, there's stuff coming that you just don't even know because it's so complex. It's such a powerful tool. But even from that short list, it becomes pretty apparent that an ecosystem pond becomes an important lifeline to many species, not just the residents of the pond, like the beautiful koi fish and goldfish many of us enjoy. A pond quickly becomes an environmental influence well beyond its own border. Not only does it become an ecosystem, in fact, it integrates into the larger ecosystem rapidly. 
it could become the primary water supply for a beehive a mile away. It could become a breeding ground for frogs, toads. At one time, you know, back when I was younger, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. I was very interested in becoming a conservationist or a naturalist. Sound like a great way to make tons and tons of money, right? No. That sounded like my kind of thing. I ended up coming out working as a park ranger, you know, making six and a quarter an hour. Um, I followed that path for for a bit. But 25 years ago, after a couple of twists and turns, I, I came out into the pond industry. And working with the ponds has given me the ability to p- perform the work I love, although I'm not technically a naturalist or conservationist, conservationist, um, multimillionaire. I still work with and get to enjoy the beauty and complexity of nature and her systems. I get to design, install, and service those systems. I have a perfect job, kind of, for me, kind of. So in working with ponds, the immediate impact for my clients is the visual impact. Colorful koi, beautiful rock, waterfall displays. Having a professionally designed water feature newly installed in your backyard can be kind of intense at first. There's a lot going on. Even the audio, getting used to the sound of a waterfall, might take a few days or so for that sound to blend into the surrounding environment, you know, what's going on around you each day. Um, The waterfall may sound like uh, just loud, you know, if you're not used to hearing it. So your first week or month, um, you'll already start to see, into keeping the pond, you'll, you'll start to see that not only is the pond dynamically changing each day in its development, but it's being noticed by new species every day. The waterfall sound is like a beacon, a, a call to action to any type of species in proximity to the pond. The sound of running water draws everyone in, perhaps even your neighbors. Birds will find it within its first couple hours of running, no doubt. Crittles will be there soon after that. It doesn't take long for the first frog to show up, and they will. Butterflies, dragonflies, the insect kingdom won't take long to arrive. Within virtually hours, the microbial world will make your pond their home and multiply. The biodiversity and its relatively lightning-fast development is stunning. Every pond installed offers this to some degree. Ecosystem ponds move the process along efficiently and encourage such development. It's an amazing process to witness, an amazing process to facilitate, and those are just the more immediate results. Give a pond some time to really develop, and you'll, you'll really see conservation happening. Plants arrive. They'll become more established with time and add another layer of biodiversity to your pond. Conservation may have been an inadvertent side effect of your desire to have an amazing koi pond or water garden, but it is a silent contribution that pond keepers should be aware of and proud of. I think pond keepers should be rewarded, you know, maybe some tax benefit or something, a write-off. Can I get a write-off, please? What an incredible gift to the local environment that a pond is brought into. It, it can often be a thankless job the pond keeping lifestyle, but you can know that you're doing your part and I know too. So good for you. Good for us. Ponds become a lifeline during times for the local species that utilize it. Winter months can be tough with natural resources freezing up, becoming unavailable. A constructed pond will likely run year round and offer a critical water resource for local wildlife. 
I've had some pretty large deer come drinking from my pond during winter months when the watering holes become frozen. And during drought times, well, a big old pond is surely a welcome site for local species. All these interactions with your pond, most of which you'll never even notice happening. Interactions from the microbial level right up to the apex predator interactions with your pond. You, you won't see the incredible complex world of microbes which are present in your pond. You may never see a great blue heron visit your pond, but both of those things are happening. All the thousands of interactions between those two extremes of microbe and predator create the web of life that holds together the ecosystem that literally grows in and out of your pond. I'll go as far as to say that ponds are one of the most powerful tools to use if you're interested in improving conservation as part of your everyday lifestyle. So get a pond if you don't have one. If you're into it, a pond will quickly qualify you to have your yard yet registered as an official certified wildlife habitat. A pond hits all of the parameters needed, food, water, cover, a place for babies, and sustainable. Check out National Wildlife Federation website, nwf.org. And for more information, education, and ways to get involved with conservation, you can visit the Wildlife Conservation Society online, become a member, get involved. There are lots of ways to support conservation, wcs.org. There are many other conservation-based organizations out there as well. Pick the one you're most comfortable with or support your local zoo, aquarium. Do your... Do your due diligence before you give money to anybody, though. Make sure uh, you're comfortable with what you're doing. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you already have a pond in your life. If you do have a pond in your life, maybe it's built by Full Service Aquatics. I thank all the clients of Full Service Aquatics. And Full Service is based out of New Jersey, but will travel just about anywhere. This podcast was brought to you by That Pond Place in Stewartsville, New Jersey. Koi fish, aquatic plants pond supplies, the pond keeping lifestyle in a great location. Come on out to that pond place for all of your pond needs, fish, plants, and aquatics. Uh, 2656 Route 57, Stewartsville, New Jersey, 908-329-6176. That pond place is also on Facebook. And remember, there'll be some other podcasts coming up on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast that will be conservation-based. And I'll get more into specifics of conservation when it comes to particular species. We'll get into fish, plants, critters, bats, bees, and other wildlife. I hope to check them out. Thanks for joining me for Episode 73. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. You can find more from me on YouTube, uh, The Pond Hunter on YouTube, more podcasts on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. I'm on Facebook. My website uh, is fullserviceaquatics.com. And we'll see you next time, everybody. So stay well, and thanks for listening.